I'm Miles Kilby, and I want to welcome you to Encountering the Prophetic Podcast. My passion is to help people from all different walks experience God's voice. I believe, along with my guest, that Encountering the Prophetic has the power to change our lives and the lives of those around us. On this podcast, I want to help you learn how to hear God's voice and go deeper in the prophetic to spark change in your life and in others. Let's dive into Encountering the Prophetic now. Welcome everyone back to our podcast, uh, Encountering the Prophetic. Today, we have uh, some special guests with us and great friends, authors and evangelists, Kat and Perrin Chastelein. So I want to thank them right now for coming on and inviting them into the discussion. So welcome, Pat and Karen. God bless you guys. So great to have you today. (laughs) Miles, we are so glad to be on with you. You know, you and I are the same DNA, and we've had a lot of fun together already in life. And to be on with you and watch what really how God is using you, not only in Savannah, but around America. And uh, I just love you so much, my friend. And thank you for trusting us to be a part of this, this special moment in time. Yes, thank you so much. I mean, it's just an honor to be able to be on here and to get to share with you and just to to be a part of what God is doing there with you. Yes, absolutely. We're doing a lot here in coastal Georgia. And Karen, I know you're from Georgia, the great state of Georgia. So that's right. (laughs) I am a Georgian. And I'm I'm from I'm from Georgia's favorite cousin, Alabama. We both know Miles over the last couple of years has been pretty hard on Georgia. And so, <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> yeah, it's been tough, man. Wow. But, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. I want to, um, yeah, I think we, we've known each other for a couple of years now. We met through some mutual friends that we have there at uh, Sid Ross at Supernatural. And um been a great blessing. Uh, we had the honor and privilege of having uh, Pat come down and, minister uh what was it pat about two months ago you and pastor todd came we came and it was uh an incredible outpouring and we saw yeah I, I think like over a hundred baptized in water it was incredible i think it was it was almost we baptized i think right around 200 people total wow. and so we had an awesome time and um really a powerful message i know when you came you ministered a message on um, the midwife which was so impactful and um, so many people were touched and blessed, uh, delivered. And so I want to uh, just kind of dive in. Tell us kind of what God has been doing in your ministry, in your family. Uh, tell us about I know you have one son who's in ministry in California, your daughter there with you. But kind of get introduce yourself, kind of tell people about your ministry um, and what God is doing right now with you. You know, um, it's been crazy because – over the last couple of years, we wrote a we wrote a book two years ago called Rebuilding the Altar that that the Lord just took around the land and around the uh, the world, really calling people from Portugal to Brazil. We've seen outpourings to all over the U.S. of just thousands coming to Christ, people encountering the presence of God, and it led to the launch of our new book, Restore the Roar, uh, defeating the power, uh, defeating fear through the power and the breath of God. And you know, one of the things that our gifting is miles is we we are all about encounter i always say i want to get to heaven with nothing left to do and i want to get to heaven and not be out of place and you know karen and i have seen a lot of miracles lately um when we when we begin to talk with you about the book we'll explain why that is you you can't walk through something and not minister to it but 
God has been uh, awakening our spirit. I've got a new blog that's going out today called The Roar from Upstairs, The Echo from the Upper Room, and how he really is, when we when we slow down, we get past all the noise and stuff, one of Karen and I, my giftings is getting people back to the river, getting them back to the place of refreshing, and, and really also restoring the prodigals. And that's what we've been seeing in the remnant movement and all over. I'll, I'll let Karen add to that. Yes, we're just, you know, everywhere we're going, we're seeing God do miracles, signs, and wonders. And, you know, I think, you know, when you walk through seasons where you have to learn to rely on God, then, you know, you realize the true power and authority that he has, you know, in the world, in our lives. And, you know, you begin to see those miracles take place when you begin to truly listen, lean in, and trust in what he says and, you know, just following and running after his presence on a daily basis. And, you know, we're beginning to see that happen, you know, across the land and everywhere we go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so powerful. Um, You know, as I was thinking about this new book that you guys just just recently came out with, um, and I know rebuilding the altar was also a powerful prophetic message. And, you know, since this is a prophetic podcast, um, I, I really felt that this was a, a strong prophetic message and word for the body of Christ uh, for such a time as this, for God, what God was speaking to the body of Christ. I see so many people that are that are bound in fear. They need to be delivered. Um, I was just reading an article not too long ago um, where a recent poll was taken in America saying that Americans were the most negative people on the planet. And I'm thinking, well, how can you roar? If you're full of negativity, you're full of fear. And so I believe that this is really a powerful roar that God is releasing through you guys to the body of Christ. And that's kind of the anchor scripture for the book is Amos 3.8, which I I love this scripture. Um, Kind of tell us a little bit how this message was birthed, how it came about. You know, the Amos 3.8 verse, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, it says, as the lion roars, so uh, so the prophet speaks. And in other words, when you lose your roar, the Bible says that the wicked flee for no reason, but the righteous are as bold as lions. And, you know, when we, when we look at that verse and we begin to study that verse and begin to realize that God has called us to rise up and roar, we went through a season last year where we literally, uh, you know, when Proverbs 28 verse 1 says that, it says the wicked run away for no reason, but we're called to be, you know, bold as lions. And we know that Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah. We know that he was Judah's wealth. We know Genesis 39. We know that he couldn't come from the first tribes of Israel, the first three tribes, because uh, they were they were messed up. They were involved in revenge and incest. And so you'll, you'll never find Jesus in a church that's wrapped up in revenge or incest. What do I mean? In a, you'll never find Jesus in a church split, and you'll never find yes. Jesus in a a uh, church that only propagates in the house, never goes out and wins the lost. And so you'll find him in the worshipers. You'll find him in the tribe of worshipers, the tribe of, the tribe of Judah, even as Revelation 5 says, the great tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, opened the seals. And one of the things that happened was, you know, uh, I'm going to let Karen tell her story, but at the end of a massive battle, I was lying in a hotel room in September of, of last year, a year ago, and uh, I was sound asleep, and the Lord woke me up and said, where is the roar of my lions? 
And it was during the time of the Kavanaugh hearings and a lot of other stuff that was going on in America, and I'm watching this man being crucified for, I mean, just really for standing for the life of an unborn child. And and I always say it's not about a donkey or an elephant. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about lambs. Yeah. And But I'm in the hotel room, and I'm sound asleep. We're getting ready to go to Europe, and I'm really exhausted because, you know, it's most easy to backslide after the battle because – and you'll hear us share more about this, but fear always leads to the next emotion, which is lethargy. You just disappear off the map. You become a zombie, and that had happened to me. And I'm lying in the hotel room, wake up early in the morning, and was preaching in Pennsylvania, and the Holy Spirit says to me, where did the roar of my lions go? And I sat up in the bed. And the Lord gave me a prophetic word. He said, my people are perishing for lack of knowledge. They've lost their will to, to fight. Fear, exhaustion, culture has overtaken their roar. They must be awakened and realize that they are called to be voices of truth that carry freedom in their hearts. And fire in the spirits, restore the roar. And weepingly, I said, Lord, I don't have a roar. I, I've lost my roar. And it was preaching, traveling the world, but it's because of what Karen's going to share about in just a moment. And all this is in the book. And, you know, one of the things that we wrote in Restore the Roar was the ways to defeat that fear. It's on the other side of it that you have the authority to speak to it. Yeah, that's so powerful. That's awesome. And I know this birth, this book was birthed, this message was birthed out of um, kind of a, a moment of crisis, so to speak, that you guys faced and encountered. Uh, Karen, I know that uh, and I want to ask you some questions about this. Um, a few questions I had is, um, well, first I want you to share kind of your story and how this birthed, and then I've got a couple of follow-up questions I want to ask you. So if you would share that with us uh, now, I know. When was it that I know you received a, a diagnosis? Yes, and, you know, it all started, though. You know, I love what you said when you said, you know, the Americans or, you know, here where we're at it or the most uh, – you know, negative. negative people that there are. And I believe that that is actually something that is birthed out of fear because negativity will always take over when you don't know in whom you trust. Um, because if you don't know where to go for answers, if you don't know where to go for the the process, if you don't know where to go for healing, for freedom, for deliverance, you'll become negative because you're depending on yourself. You're depending on you, and you somehow put God way off in the distance as if he has abandoned you. And that's when negativity, negativity comes in because we literally have forgotten how to trust. And that's what happened in, kind of to us in that moment because uh, probably about six months before I was diagnosed, I was actually at the Just Doing Dishes, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you know, just out of nowhere, said, Karen, you're about to walk through a difficult and uncertain season. And I immediately rebuked it like it was the enemy, but it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And he immediately came back and said it again to me, you're about to walk through a difficult and uncertain season, but do you trust me? And in wow. that moment, I was faced with a decision. Negativity could have come in really quick and said, no, I'm not going to walk through anything. But I was faced with that decision, do I trust God? Because he didn't ask me about my faith. He asked me about trust because faith is a result of our encounter with God. And I had encountered him in my life. But trust is a result of his reputation and our relationship with him. 
And so he was asking me to trust him on a journey that I didn't even yet know about or what was going to happen. And then about six months later, I found myself at an oncologist's office looking at an oncologist in the eyes as he told me that there was leukemia in my blood. And in that moment, I was immediately in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit taken back to that kitchen sink encounter six months prior where God had prepared my spirit and prepared me for the journey that I was, we were about to embark on as a family, as an individual. And all I heard as the doctor spoke to me and said leukemia, all I heard was, the father saying to me, but do you trust me? And that began a journey of encountering him, trusting him, walking out freedom, and literally walking out trust with him until, you know, finally we came to a place where God healed me. But it was a process of walking through fear, walking through anxiety, walking through moments of of darkness and discouragement and learning how to truly lean in and trust him. Wow, that's so powerful. You know, um, I often see a lot of people come into crises and challenging situations. I, I love what you said about trust because trust is all about relationship and having that relationship with the Father. And, um, you know, we have, you know, this hurricane and everybody on the East Coast where I'm at up through Florida and I'm in coastal Georgia is kind of on hold right now. And a lot of people get so fearful. I was ministering on this this past Sunday. Um, when when fear comes, it paralyzes people and it just, it grips us. And so kind of explain to us, Karen, what the emotions were that you went through, how fear came against you as an attack. And, you know, I I really believe that cancer is, you know, a demonic spirit um, that attacks people. And so kind of tell us, because this is the most important thing, I believe, is how you respond when the crisis comes, when the attacks come, you know, and kind of tell us how you responded. Well, you know, there was that moment sitting there with the doctors saying to me, you know, in the natural, you have leukemia. And he had proof. He had blood work. He had numbers on his paperwork that showed. I mean, it wasn't a farce. It wasn't a lie. It wasn't, but it was a distraction to the, the purpose and the destiny God had for me. And I remember sitting there, and when the Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, but do you trust me? I looked at the doctor, and I said to him, I'm not crazy. I'm not psychotic. I'm not in denial, but I'm going to. I'm going to have a request of you because what you're telling me I know is on that paper, what I know uh, that you see in the natural, but I have to choose to believe that this is not what God has for me. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm going to ask you not to call it that from this day forward because we don't want to give credibility to the lies of the enemy. We don't want to give it the ability and the power to attach itself to us. And I I told him like this, I said, you know, if my kids bring home a stray dog, I'm not going to give it a name. I said, because everybody knows if you name it, you're keeping it. It's becoming a part of the family. It's becoming a part of your legacy and your family and the surroundings and the atmosphere. I said, so from this day forward, I'm not calling it that. When we come in, I know what I'm here for, but it doesn't belong to me. And he was so wonderful about 
you know, going along with that. And he, I would go in and he would say, you know what you're here for? And I'd say, I know, but it's not mine to keep. And so I believe that through that, there was moments that I would wake up in the morning time because, you know, we learned through this entire thing that tragedy has a trajectory and it tries to steal your identity. And so in our prayer time one morning, I was discouraged. I still had symptoms. I still had all of those things attacking me. And I went into my prayer closet one morning and I said, God, I know you're in control, but I'm afraid. And right. I went into prayer and he took me to Second Timothy 1, 7. You know, the, we all know it. We've said it in children's church. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I said, God, I know you didn't give me fear, but I'm afraid. And he wow. said, why don't you learn to study the scripture? And he said, look what I did give you. I didn't give you fear, but instead of fear, I gave you three powerful weapons to defeat fear. I gave you power, love, and a sound mind. And if you'll study those, Karen, you'll understand that you have an arsenal of weapons to destroy the enemy. So I went into study and I looked up the word power. And that word, of course, we know in, is, in the Greek is dunamis and it means, uh, you know, dynamite. But there's so right. much more to that word because that word, if you study the word power, it literally means the ability to change the course of events. It's the ability to change the atmosphere. So when we get bad diagnosis, when we get crisis in our life, we have the ability through the power in us, through Christ Jesus, to change the course of events and the atmosphere. That's what we were doing when we told the doctor not to speak it. And yes. then he gave us love, which we know in 1 John four eighteen says that perfect love casts out fear because God is love. It's the only word in the Bible that has a definition. The word love has a definition because it's the very characteristics of God. And it means he's kind, he's patient, he's not proud or self-seeking, he rejoices in truth, he forgives, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So we have that working to our, to our healing, to our salvation, to our perfecting in our faith. And then we have a sound mind, which most people, that is the one thing that we need the very most in crisis situations. And when I looked up that word, it comes from a word, sophroneo, that means a mind that's delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, protected, brought into a place of safety and security. So it can't be affected by unfounded, illogical, and absurd thoughts. Because he gives us the ability to distinguish between what is true and what is a lie from the enemy so that we can truly trust him in all things, in all things, he works together for our good. So when the enemy attacks us, even in those things, he can work it together for our good. That's so awesome. You know, I love what you're saying because I know you and Pat understand the power of words. You know, the scripture says in Proverbs 18, life, you know, death and life are in the power of our tongue. You know, right. those who love it will eat its fruit. And so, you know, Understanding our words have power. Like you're just giving that definition of power, dunamis power, dynamite power. Um, also, what I was thinking, what was coming to me when you were saying that, Karen, is, you know, even though you are facing the facts in the natural, the supernatural power of God can change the facts in the natural that we're facing. And only God can do that. You know, only the supernatural power, the, what God, what seems impossible to us, 
you know, is possible for God. And so, Pat, I want to bring you back into this. Um, Pat, Pat, what was your response, and how did you really support your wife uh, during this time? You know, um, one of the chapters we wrote in the book is called When the Shadow Looms. And I remember when my son was little, he would get afraid. I wrote about this in the book. He'd get afraid and and uh, at night. And, you know, Nate leads that movement out in California now. You'd never think he's afraid of anything, leading a couple thousand students. But but when he would get when he was little, he'd get afraid. I'd, I'd get out this white bottle that I had wrote Holy Spirit spray on the front of this white bottle, put water in it. And if he got afraid at night, if he saw shadows, you know, the Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from above where there is no shadow. Because God is light. We must turn the light on. And I knew my role was to turn the light on. I can remember when Nate was little, he'd get afraid at night, and I'd walk through his room, and he'd say, over there, Daddy, under the bed, in the closet. Something's in the closet. There's a shadow over there. And I would squirt the water and say, Holy Spirit's got it. Teaching him to do warfare at a young age. And he'd go to sleep. Here's what I want to say to that. You know, my response was, I, I wish it was great at first. You know, the opening chapter of this book is called, We Didn't Want to Write This Book, because what you write about, you'll fight against. And, you know, my response was when it comes to warfare, when it comes to my – when it comes to ministry, when it comes to getting on a plane and flying to South Africa like we are this month or England the next month, I'm all in. Let's go to war. I'm ready to fight. I got bravado all over me. But I I become, instead of the, the lion, the mouse, at the moment my family gets attacked. And I had to pull out of me oh. – something that was deeper than my natural flesh. And I went to war in the sense of getting up in the morning time and praying. When, you know, this, the Lord spoke to us about the lion, and the lion roars for five reasons. It roars to, you know, number one, declare its location. We need somebody in this generation to stand up and say what you stand up for. You know, are you for the life of an unborn child? Are you for godly yes. marriage? Are you for things of purity? That's what a, a lion roars, number one. You know that when a lion roars, you can hear it five miles away. It will wow. shake the bolts out of a Jeep if it roars right next to it. That's how powerful it is. It's not some little wimpy meow. So through this process, I saw the lion begin to rise up in me, the roar of declaring its location. It roars to declare its strength. It roars to declare this is my territory. We need some moms and dads to rise up over their kids today, regardless of what's facing your home, and say, this is my house, devil. You can't have my seed. It, yes. it roars to declare their hunger. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then lastly, it roars in the morning and evening. When does the Bible say, like the altar? Morning and evening. If you'll roar in the morning and the evening, and that's what began to happen. I began to roar in the morning and the evening. I began to praise. I began to brag on God. Karen writes about praising through the storm. And in the and didn't realize in the you know, in the uh, fog of war, I didn't realize I was doing all of that. I didn't even know I was doing all that. But I look back at it now and I know that that I would praise in the morning when I got up. I'd turn on worship in the house. And if Karen would struggle to get out of bed because her body was under attack. And then at night I would go to bed praising. Listen, folks, if you'll praise in the morning and the evening, the rest of your day will be handled by God. Yes. And, you know, and I, I believe this with all my heart. The reason why we write this we wrote this book was to teach people the pattern to destroy fear. And and people go, Well, you know what, I have family members that weren't healed. Uh, of cancer, or I'm battling cancer, and I'm I'm going through this. We have a very good friend that works for Daystar that's you know in the final stages of cancer right now, young. And one of the things that I have to lean on is number one, don't backslide over the mysteries. 
there's some things that can't be explained. But then number two is read Hebrews 11. It tells all the miraculous stories that God did. But then at the very end, it says, but there were those who did not receive their miracle in this life. So yeah. I want to say not to attack your faith or not to say, because we, we refused. We brought very few people into our circle during that time. We refused to tell anyone what was going on because we did not want negative voices, the power of life and death. But I will say that there has to come a moment where you say, I trust you, Lord, that you've got this. It's, it's, remember what happened with Simon Peter in Luke 22 when Jesus said to him, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. And you're going to mess up. Your, your faith's going to falter. But on the other side, you'll strengthen others with your story. And it was the same thing that was said to Job. And so here's what I want you to know if you're listening and you're walking through fear. Turn your praise up a notch. Get out of bed and worship him. Get up in the morning and the evening. Get hungry again for righteousness. It will force fear out of your home. It did ours. Wow. That's so powerful. That's amazing. Um yeah, and such a powerful testimony. You know, I remember when you guys first released the book, um, I really felt, you know, the Lord speaking to me in my spirit that God was going to use this book to deliver people from cancer who read it. Amen. And I, I believe God is doing that. And um, because that's part of the testimony and the word testimony in Hebrew, it means do it again. And right. so God is doing it again. He's going to do it over and over and over again, you know, and, something that's so powerful i know you guys do interviews and broadcast all over the world all over the nation you know i looked up the meaning of the word broadcast and it means to spread a seed out and and that that was so powerful to me wow. so i believe even people that are listening to this broadcast that as they hear this as they hear your testimony as they hear about the book as they hear the word of the lord you know being released through you all that it's gonna you're you're broadcasting seed you're spreading seed out it's bringing, you know, the power of the testimony where God is going to do it again. He's going to move supernaturally in people's lives. You know, well, you know, Miles, one, one of the things that's happening is we're already having miraculous reports of people that are healed. But even greater than that, Karen's getting constant messages where people are tagging us on Facebook, where they've gone to RestoreTheRoarBook.com, ordered the book. It's coming to their home, and instantly peace has filled their home. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, wow. it's like going into battle. And, you know, you've got all these weapons. I've got a great friend that's in special forces. He says his weapons are his best friends. You know, folks, listen, fear is to hell what faith is to the believer. It is our, it is Satan's number one weapon is fear. Our number one weapon is faith. And, you know, as you're reading the book, then something's going to begin to, all it, the book has about, I don't know, six or 700 scriptures in it because what we do is, you know, fear not, Karen always shares this, is the number one term in the Bible. It's over 300 times. Yeah. And people do not realize that when, when your roar rises back up against inside of you, when you begin to keep your eyes back on him, something shifts. Mm -hmm. There are people that are listening right now. I would say sitting Christians hatch hypocrites. You've gone negative because somewhere along the way, you allowed the enemy to bury you from the feet up to your waist, and you can't move in junk, in anger, in fear, and doubt. And you have to make up your mind, because tragedy does have trajectory, to dig yourself out, because there is stuff for you to do. You've got businesses to launch. You've got dreams to fulfill. You've got uh, adventures to go on. And fear has crippled you 
That's why we wrote the chapter in the book about the hidden. Many times throughout God's word, people that were in fear like Joash or David or Moses went into hiding. But it was in that hiding place that God was actually preparing you to break through the walls and come out of a prison cell that has never been locked on you. It's not locked. You can step into your destiny and launch into what God has. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I want to ask Karen a quick question. Karen, tell me, what what was your favorite chapter? What's your favorite chapter of the book? <laughs> well, that's kind of hard to say. Pat and I the both. ones that I wrote, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that Pat wrote. <laughs> well, you know, I think for me, you know, one of the favorite ones, because they are all my favorite, and, I, and I'm saying that all in honesty, and here's why. Each chapter touches an area that brought freedom. And yeah. so each chapter was birthed out of a season that needed that chapter to step into the next part of freedom. And so I think, you know, for me, you know, just different ones like uh, the Just Breathe chapter or for me, you know, Courage, It's Me. And here's why the Courage, It's Me chapter kind of hits home for me. Because there were days where I didn't feel very courageous. And there are days that, you know, you go through the motions of just depending on what you knew was true, even when you didn't feel it. And there were moments I would get up in the morning and the enemy would try to pull me back down into that place of fear. And I would have to go because, you know, when uh, the disciples were out on the boat and Peter saw Jesus walking across the water, and all the disciples were terrified and thought it was a ghost. Jesus' first response to them in the Message Bible was courage. It's me. Mm. Don't be afraid. It was as if he was reminding them of who they were called to be, courageous. Don't be afraid in the face of fear. And there were mornings that I would wake up in the morning and I would have to look in the mirror. And I would say, courage, rise up today. I know you're in there. I know courage is in there because I know God has put it in there. And for those listening to this this today or uh, tuning in, I want to say to you, some of you are afraid. And you think that you might as well just give up because fear is in your life. But can I tell you that fear is not the absence of courage. Fear is the embryo of courage. It's courage waiting to be awakened because fear, without fear, we wouldn't have a need for courage to rise up in our life. We wouldn't have a need because fear is just a learned or a perceived aberration or hallucination that grows into an absolute in our life. And I think for those listening that you need to understand, the enemy will send darkness into your life. The enemy will send crisis into your life. And one thing that God showed me, you know, we all love to quote the scripture in Psalm 23 when we walk through dark seasons. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. But so many times we get hung up on the walking through the valley of the shadow of darkness. That that becomes our mantra for our life. Though I walk through the the valley of the shadow of death. But I think that more times we need to focus on what it's really saying. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not about the shadow of death. The focus should be on the walking. That we don't 
give up, that we don't set set up camp there, we don't build a housing development there, we don't be, let that become our scenery, because so many times the enemy would love for our crisis, for our issue to define us. But in reality, it should equip us. Our issue doesn't define us, it equips us. Our issue doesn't make us, it reveals us. And so what we need to understand is in those seasons of darkness, that there is courage inside you that God has placed inside you to get you from sitting down in the valley of the shadow of death to walking through the valley of the shadow of death and grabbing as many hands as you can as you walk yes. out of the darkness and into the light. And for those listening, I want you to know there is courage inside you. There is purpose inside you. You can keep walking. You can keep pushing. You can go until you see the light, and you can grab as many hands as you can as you're walking through and pull them out into the light with you. Amen. That's awesome. You know, Karen, it's so um, important, I think, because I see so many people that are sick, and they, they don't know what to do. They're just they're bound by sickness, disease whatever it might be. And there are so many people that are battling different forms of sickness, cancer, all different kinds of things. And, you know, just your testimony of how you responded, you know, um, and not only that, but how to walk in health. I know you guys are health coaches also. And so, you know, walking in health, walking in healing um, is such an important part of our walk, you know. You know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, obviously spirit, soul, and body, First Thessalonians, but it also says in Third John, it says, I wish for you that, that you prosper in health and hope. And, you know, one yes. of the things that Karen and I have done, we've seen about 60,000 people take back their health, lose weight. And wow. we're, we're burying, we are burying people before their time. So we feel like we're oh. hope dealers. And we've been able to raise up. Uh, so many of our pastors do the same thing, help people take back their health and their hope and live out their destiny. We love it because there's a priest and king inside of all of us, and God is calling us to not only bring our family to the altar, but also to conquer the land. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me four years ago, I was laying on the beach, and prophetically, he said to me, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, Matthew 16, 19. And over that time, six months later, I took back my health, lost 72 pounds. And over that time, he has been showing us how to restore our health, how to uh, help people, you know, conquer that. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a radical boldness that comes back to people when they lose weight or they take back their health. And um, they begin to, it really, it equips them to fight their next battle. Yes. And, uh, you know, lethargy is a spirit that's not only in the church, it's in America. And it's just, you know, we, 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 uh, binge watch something on Hulu or Netflix or all the different things. And we're really right. missing out on life. I mean, it's happened to us. Uh, we're, we're just missing out on life. We're not going outside of our four walls uh, to enjoy life. And with all the terrorist attacks, whether it's whether it's um, in in our country or outside our country, we just people just feel safer. They set the alarm in their home and they they just want to stay hidden. They've locked the doors. And bottom line is, we'll never go into the highways and the byways. As, all, as long as we're standing in our in our in our hallways and bathrooms, and uh, we we've got to rise up and do something and get out. Yes, absolutely. 
you know, recently I've been talking about seasons and I really feel the Lord kind of stirring me to minister on that through the month of September. Um, but I really believe that God took you guys through a season of taking your health back to be able to, to be able to fight the battle, the battles that were to come. Well, you and know, so, I, I believe that because right before I this diagnosis, we took back our health. God led us on a journey of finding a way, a program that would help us take our health back. And I took my health back before the attack of leukemia. And I really believe that God was even preparing me then. Because when we are not healthy, that we can't think clearly. We can't focus. We can't uh, truly see things for the way they are. And once I took my health back, I believe God was preparing my body, my mind, and my spirit for the attack that was coming so that I would have the strength to to stay focused and in his word and to, to be able, you know, one thing God showed me through that journey was that, you know, we sometimes we try to outrun our diagnosis. We try to outrun our situation. We keep going. We busy ourselves with busy work and everything, but we need to focus on God. And one thing God showed me was that busyness is not a spiritual gift, that sometimes we have to slow down. We have to take our health back. We have to rest in his presence, and we have to dig into the word of God and allow our praise to be louder than the roar of the enemy because the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah is far greater, far louder than any roar of the enemy in our life. That's so powerful. You know, I was just reading through all the different quotes that are in the book um, and so many powerful quotes. Um, Pat, tell me what your favorite quote is in the book. Do you have a favorite yeah. quote? I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I mean, there's so many. And, you know, I what's happened is after we wrote the book, so much of it became, um, you know, I don't even know who wrote what. But, I, I would <laughs> have, you know, I mean, it really, we, we, it really began to happen inside of us that um, I, I think here's the biggest one. Weariness and exhaustion have the ability to not only quiet the dream but also silence the messenger. If we're not careful, weariness can cause us to go into hiding rather than to a place of rest. And what we have to understand, weariness is not the same thing as peace. Or, or excuse me, lethargy is not the same thing as peace. But when, when we, this, this, and here comes the quote that is in the opening front page of the new book, Restore the Lord. And, um, and it's, Fear is the thief of yesterday's dream, the intimidator of today's promises, the decapitator of headship, the emasculator of tomorrow's warriors, the cage of God's eagles, and the enemy's greatest weapon to hold us hostage. <laughs> and excuse me, and wow. one of the things that that is in the opening introduction first page, because we realized we had gone into hiding. And we had gone into, you know, we were getting on planes, traveling the world, speaking every week, doing what we do. But really, that that we were just going through the motions. And God had to awaken us out of that lethargy. And he spoke to Karen and said, hey, Karen, I know you feel like you're in a prison, but if you'll look, the door is unlocked. Walk out of it. And I, I wrote this down as we were doing this podcast because I'm going to tweet it out today. And, you know, start your adventure again. Leave your house. Turn off the binge watching. God has called us to the highways and byways and not to hide in the hallways and bathrooms. Wow. And um, 
Uh, I just really believe that fear is stepping out the front door. One lady said to me something in a service. She had not left her home in 18 years, and she came to one of our services we're ministering at. She said because fear had kept her in her own house. Folks, wow. we're going to die having not done everything we were called to do if we don't yeah. want to defeat that fear. That's, that's absolutely true. You know, and a lot of us on the East Coast, like with this Hurricane Dorian coming through, um, we've, seen, we've seen what it's done to the Bahamas, um, completely torn the northern part of the Bahamas up. And um, there's everybody on the east coast of Georgia right here is, you know, beginning to evacuate and uh, leave this area, has been the past two days. But um, we're, we're not going to give in to that fear. We're no. going to stand in faith and, you know, just encourage some of the people that are listening. A lot of people in this area will be listening to this podcast. Yes. Just encourage them right now just to have faith and trust in God. Uh, even during this tragedy, so many people lose things in these storms. And, you know, I know people over the past couple of years, they've lost all their possessions, their homes. Uh, just encourage them real quick, Pat, if you would. You know, I just want to tell you, speak to the storm. I actually spoke to an F5 tornado that was coming towards our house one time, and it jumped over our house. You have the power to speak to the storm. Karen talks about in the book, you know, worshiping through the storm. Obviously, you've got to get out of harm's way. We were supposed to be in Fort Lauderdale and had to cancel uh, because we used wisdom and did not go to Fort Lauderdale on Friday morning uh, because they thought the storm was going to land there and uh, missed out on ministering to thousands of folks. But you know what? Their safety and our safety is what God's called us to protect first. But I just want to tell you, just trust. Trust even if you lose everything. As long as you have a heartbeat and your family is safe, that's all that matters. We can always rebuild. But I would say to you, lean not to your understanding. Trust in him. He's going to direct your path over the next couple of days. But also, put your faith on. Be, be a voice of hope to those around you. Be the person that declares their future, not their, their misery or, or horrible destination. I would tell everybody, rise up. Realize who's still on the throne. Realize God hasn't gone bankrupt. And realize that what was meant for tragedy, God can turn for good. It can be your greatest moment. Absolutely. You know, as you were speaking that, I've been sharing something recently. Out of We know the scripture, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Though darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness the people yet my glory shall be seen upon you. You know, this whole message and what God has done with you, it's like he, he's called you to rise up. And it's yeah. like right now, even I see like a vision in my mind's eye of people that are just in like graves closed. They're dead. Come on. And I believe God is calling there people to rise up. You know, Isaiah 60 verse 1, it literally, you could translate it, arise and the word shine, You could. it really means if you look it up, to set yourself on fire again. Set yourself on fire. Arise and set yourself on fire, for the glory of God has come upon you today. So we want to encourage you uh, through this message. And, Karen, I want you to uh, really encourage the people to, to rise up and, and to take their roar back, begin to roar again. Absolutely. You know what? You know, Isaiah 26.3 says, For he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him because they trust him. 
And I just encourage everyone listening to trust him today. You know, sometimes the darkness seems overwhelming, but I want you to know that light always bursts forth out of the darkness. Genesis 1-2 tells us, for the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the surface of the deep. But when God spoke, his spirit, his breath was hovering over the darkness. And when he spoke, let there be light, light literally burst out of the darkness and there was light. So I just want to encourage everybody today, what you might think is darkness is just the opportunity for his light to burst forth. And so don't give up. Don't give in to the darkness. Trust. Let your faith arise. Let your courage rise up. You know, uh, Psalm 18 says that God will floodlight your life. All we have to do is turn the God light on. It says he'll floodlight our life. We're blazing with glory. We can smash the band of marauders. We can jump over obstacles. Every God direction is road tested, and everyone who runs towards God will make it. And so I encourage you today, run towards the presence of God. Run towards the Father. Invite him into your life. Invite his light to shine in you and burst forth out of the darkness so that you can be a beacon of hope to those around you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's so awesome. So powerful. Well, man, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together um, talking about this book and uh, the new book, Restore the Roar, I know it's been number one on Amazon uh, several times in different categories. And um, I just want to encourage everyone um, to go out, get the book. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, Pat, tell us everywhere they can get the book and where they can find out more about your ministry. Miles, thank you for having us on. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And we just speak to everyone that's listening right now. Lift your hands and breathe in the breath of God. Job 33, verse 4, the Spirit the breath of, the breath, of God made me, but his breath gives me life. And that's why we say you cannot roar without the breath. Let the breath of God breathe on you. And wow. if you want this book, go to RestoreTheRoarBook.com, RestoreTheRoarBook.com, or Raise the Remnant uh, is our website for our ministry, RaiseTheRemnant.com. But you can also get it on Amazon or Books A Million. But... Uh, uh, it really has it's blown our mind in three different categories yesterday, or two different categories yesterday. It was number one, but also number four in another major category. God's using this book. And one of the things that I want to say to everybody is a percentage of this book, actually off sales, um, goes to uh, Rescue Kit, Rescuing Kids. Uh, it goes to the orphanage that we went through you know, 16 years ago to adopt our beautiful daughter, but it also goes to another ministry that rescues folks off the streets, uh, kids off the streets that are being sex trafficked. Because we just realized that it's a, it's the enemy loves to capture the childhood. And because if he can put fear in a person in their childhood, he can own them for the next 40, 50, 60 years. And, you know, roughly if, if you live to 80 years old, you, you live roughly 30,000 days. And one of the things I want to say to everybody listening today, what are you doing with your 30,000? What are you doing with the days? How important days are. And uh, wow. rising up and living again because God's called you to live in greatness. Wow. That's so awesome. So good. So good. You know, Moses said, teach us to number our days. And um, so powerful, Pat. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been awesome. I'm, I'm so encouraged. I feel the presence of the Lord here. Um, 
I'm right here in my office and um so encouraged. I'm encouraged to go out to the beach and speak to this storm this afternoon. Do it. Hey, <laughs> hey so I'll make over to St. Simon's. <laughs> walk out and speak to it and That's just right. say, Not my house, devil. Not my family. Right. Not my not my possessions. You know, your That's children right. are your possessions. Not not my home. And, absolutely. and speak to it today. Yes, absolutely. The power of the blood of Jesus uh, covers us and over all of our possessions, our families. And so we're so encouraged. Wow. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. We want to just thank everyone for tuning into this podcast today. And I pray that you're encouraged. I want to just declare, may the God of hope fill you now in peace and believing by the power of the Holy Spirit. May, the, may, the, may, may you not you fear God and not fear man in Jesus' name. And God, raise you up. Just arise and shine where you are. Arise and shine for the glory of God is risen upon you today. Be encouraged. I declare that the peace of God, the shalom, the completeness, the wholeness of God is filling, is flowing your life now, even now as you're listening to this. So God bless you. And next time on Encountering the Prophetic. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Encountering the Prophetic. Subscribe to our podcast to receive more powerful teachings that will equip you to live a victorious life. For more information about our ministries, go to www.mileskilby.com. You can also follow me on social media to receive daily encouragement and prophetic words on Facebook by searching at Miles Kilby Ministries or on Instagram by searching Miles underscore Kilby. We'll see you on the next episode of Encountering the Prophetic.